Oh my fucking god, the main character's name is VJ Bumpus. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, Jenkins is good at what he's doing. Are you, are you, are you ready? Funny! Expensive. Wanna nah. Whatever! Be happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Funny Papers. A show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. Finally, an answer to the age-old question, how good is Bunny? <laughs> and Jim. Hashtag Hoop Dogs episode 5 when? Today, we cover episode 50, part one of Doug. We're almost all- done. <laughs> almost there. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts, and I guess also the last one, and you know that other one. Uh, <laughs> episode 50, part one's title is Doug's in the Money. Sort of. Kind sort of. of. It's Maybe. another money episode. It's another episode yes, about sir. how Doug is broke. There have been only like three of those so far. And I think this is the most incoherent of them. I understand that this is a opinion not shared by my podcast compatriots, but uh, <laughs> we'll see who's laughing at the end of this episode. It will be me. It'll be all of us because it'll be very funny and great times for all. Fuck, forgot about that. The thing is, the reason I say this is structurally competent is that they set things up and then execute on them. They do. I'm not saying saying good. I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm saying that they set it up. Right, they try. There is a plot point that is not pulled entirely out of nowhere, but everything between the start and the finish is just this bizarre mishmash of, and then this happens for no apparent reason. Sure. This is also, we should point out, the episode that, we've we've referenced this before, but this is the episode that caused a fight in the writer's room. Right, about is, like what would... the saddest thing to think about. <laughs> Which is like, the reason being because like, they weren't sure what Doug should actually do in this situation, right? Like whether, whether morality should be rewarded well, yeah, materially or not. Right, they the big issue was should Doug get some money at the end, and I think I think they actually did the right thing here. I think so too um, for yeah. the moral they're going for. Yes, right, yes, correct. They didn't whiff it entirely. They actually like got it together. And this is also the episode, only episode that Jenkins, Jim Jenkins, has a writing credit on. Yeah. Which it, leads leads me to believe maybe like Jenkins insisted on this moral. I think so too. Because yeah, the two writers that are specified for this uh this episode are the two creators of the show. That being Jenkins and uh Dave Campbell, right? So Camp Bell. Camp yes, Bell. Camp Bell. We you. went we before before we went into this, we went into a long tirade about whether uh like discussion on whether it was Campbell or Camp Bell. And I have changed my mind. Maybe it is Campbell. I was on <laughs> Team Camp Bell. And so <laughs> as a entity pure contrarianism, I'm now on the Camp Bell team. All right, I'm back on Team Camp Bell team. Fuck you, Jim. We all agree now. <laughs> <laughs> I have been outplayed and there's no only one thing to do now, and that's do a synopsis of a Doug episode. Oh, baby, your grand torment. <laughs> yes. My punishment will be severe. 
Yeah. So yeah. So the question is, right? We don't we don't have that full information on who the fight was between. So it might have been between uh, Jenkins and Campbell, or it might have been between those two and the regular staff writers, right? So it it could be that these two were like, okay, no material reward, and the staff writers were like, come on, dude, and then they're like, fuck you, we're taking this whole thing, and they take they pull everyone else's writing credit, right? So who knows? When Francis Fukuyama wrote about how the 90s were the end of history, he meant that this was the only shit people could come up with to fight about anymore. Yes. And also that the only available available Doug plots are about that he needs money. (laughs) Or has an abundance of money and must decide how to spend it in the most moral fashion possible, i.e. 18 different shirts. (laughs) He's got got $5.00. 46 cents he's he could be the king of the dollar menu that's true <laughs> that's five meals on the dollar menu oh my god what's he complaining about all right all right so this episode begins with doug walking in the rain and he's walking to the bank and notably it is now fred's bank it's always been hank's bank in the past and now it is fred's bank Fred's bank. Hank was shot in the head and thrown out back. I guess. I'd rather it be a hunk bank. Am I right, fellas? Oh, my God. Oh, you'll see the hunk bank later when we go to the very odd police office. (laughs) Well, so Doug is walking in, and he's commiserating a bit. He says, have you ever been so broke that you need to cash in your pennies? And he walks into the bank. And a security guard checks him in and calls him Yancey and says that he knows Doug's dad. Well, hello there, Yancey. How are you today? Doug, my name's Doug. You're Philip Funny's boy, aren't you? Yeah. I thought so. Okay, this and adds up to nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it's super weird. Like, he's, he's just like, yeah, you know, I know your dad. And Doug's like, oh, cool. And then You're he asks, "Funny's boy, right?" And he re- insists on calling him Yancey. Right, even though there's, there's no payoff for this, which, which, but leads me to think it was an important part of a previous draft, and they didn't edit yeah. it. Yeah. This <laughs> is the first of many bits of this episode that start like they're going to go somewhere and then don't. Oh, maybe. Okay, hold up. There has been one person so far in the lore that has insisted on calling Doug Yancey, and it is Mister Shalaki, the guidance counselor. So maybe King this Pervert. is like. Yes. Yeah, so maybe this is like Mr. Shalaki's brother or something. Or maybe this is Mr. Shalaki's like off time job. Or maybe he got fired and forced to shave his afro and now he works as a security guard. Maybe it was one of his disciples and security was the uh, thing that Mr. Computer told him that he was going to do. Oh, yeah. Bank security. Bank security. Bank uh-huh. security. <laughs> One uh, of I, I I don't know Jim did did they count as police? I don't they, uh, think so. Okay, then I was about to say one of the few jobs of the pension, but eh. <laughs> <laughs> guess not. And he also he asked Doug if he's going to rob the place, like just jokingly. So and this is like there's a bunch of people in this whole place. Literally everyone in this bank just rips on Doug for having no money, right? Yeah, this 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 scene in particular lays it on heavy with the shitty office humor that's unavoidable. Yeah, that's <laughs> a great office. way to put it. Yeah, he's just like he's just like, oh, I'm working hard or hardly working, Doug. Yeah, or you just have to pretend to laugh because, like, if you actually expressed your true emotions at that point, you get fired. Right? Or they get mad at you for not 
thinking they were funny. In most workplaces, you just can't say, suck my dick, you fuck man. Yes, that's right. God, working from home is so much better. It's taking my First Amendment rights to be an asshole. Yes, of course, of course. Well, so Doug gets in line at the bank, and there is an old lady in front of him, and she asks for her money in 50s and 100s. And here's the pitch. Oh, a careful viewer will pick it out. And she drops her pen, and Doug picks it up for her, and she's like, Oh, why, thank you. I swanny, I'd lose my hair if it weren't bolted to my neck. Which is a setup for a joke in the fantasy world, which I think is the first time they've ever done that. And the fact that, like, you see this old lady asking for a bunch of 50s and 100s, you're like, all right. Oh, oh yeah, she's rich. Yeah, a clever viewer might, you know, start (laughs) to pick something out here. (laughs) Basic story structure. Right. Well, Doug turns in his pennies, and he gets, like, $5.50, and then the, the teller still, like, makes fun of Doug. Is like, oh, man, don't ever, like, and the guard is like, don't spend it all in one place. Like, everyone's being an asshole to Doug, right? <laughs> He's an 11-year-old using a bank. Give, cut him some slack. <laughs> right. Wait, but he doesn't think to use the bank when he actually gets a bunch of money. I, no. All right. Uh, it's gotta be liquid of course yeah he's gotta buy drugs with it also the fact that Doug is carrying in just a bunch of rolls of pennies in the format that you get rolls of pennies from the bank right right. very weird it's very strange why do you have five separate rolls of untouched rolls of pennies Doug (laughs) maybe he like bought the specific rollers like the specific paper to make rolls out of it but he because he needed somewhere to put his panties he wanted me to polite and not to just dump a bag of pennies on the table it's also funny that he has no other change just pennies oh yeah uh-huh. that's because he spent all the rest of it oh man well as he's walking out and he's going to buy pork chop a shake at the honker burger he tells chocolate, him of course obviously chocolate is pork chop's favorite uh, Doug gets swiped by a car going in through a puddle in the rain, and just somehow out of the car, a bunch of money comes out in an envelope. <laughs> like, I don't know how it, I don't think the do- the window of the car is open. Yeah, the blocking makes no sense at all. Just suddenly, poof, a envelope full of money exists in a puddle, question mark? It's not entirely clear. Yeah, I mean, I think the implication is this lady just dropped it on the way out. Oh, I, maybe. And, and I, I think the um, the, pud, the the splash was just a way to get Doug to look down. That's <laughs> true. Because otherwise he would have just been staring straight forward for the honker burger. Or he would just, otherwise. like, walked, walked away from it. Right, because you know that the only way he found that one valuable baseball card was by tripping on it, right? You remember that episode with the uh-huh. lucky hat? So it makes sense Doug needs stimulus in order to notice anything. <laughs> he can't look down unless something ha- unless some action is taken upon him. Right, it's his grand weakness. <laughs> but so they they go to the title card and come back and they realize that it's a fuck ton of money they're like looking through it it's it's a bunch of 50s and 100s whoa oh wonder why what was she going to use this money on right 
<laughs> what the, like the only reason you have this much cash on you is to buy drugs yeah uh-huh like because later we find out like slight jump ahead we do find out it's over fourteen thousand dollars right yeah fourteen four four seven in just an envelope in an envelope in 90s money <laughs> right like what uh, do you want to buy in that for cash like she's like we she lives in a retirement home as we see like later so she's totally retired she's not working like what the fuck is she doing maybe she's like maybe she doesn't trust the big banks anymore and she wants to put it in her mattress maybe 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 she is buying maybe she's buying drugs maybe she can't get the drugs she needs and she has to buy them fourteen thousand dollars buys you an awful lot of drugs yeah, yeah, she needs them. It's, she's getting a kilo of cocaine. Okay. <laughs> she's investing in her own small business of selling cocaine. Yeah, then she's going to get that money back via Bitcoin. Oh, yes. Uh, it is. Sending it to, uh, to people's houses. She's going to give it to the sleeches. <laughs> maybe she's getting <laughs> scammed by the sleeches into their new investment uh, property. Yeah, maybe she's just sending money to, like, televangelists. Oh, yeah. That's how, yeah. She's that's being how scammed by somebody. Oh, God. Just somebody saying, yes, we must defeat the evil tyrant Bill Clinton. Give me oh, all of your savings no. immediately. And do it in cash. Maybe she would. Yeah, I was about to say, like, maybe it was like, wouldn't you just do a, a check? But I'm, I'm guessing for tax purposes, they wouldn't like that. Yeah, and for scam purposes, so you can't uh, cancel the check. Oh yeah. shit, she's yeah. that makes this episode even sadder, and that she's getting fucking scammed. I'm donating <laughs> to the reelect Donald Trump campaign <laughs> oh, here in no. 1993. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I, oh man, I've got this this Nigerian prince is asking me for money so that he can give me a bunch back. Oh no. I'm so happy that my son helped me get online where I've encountered <laughs> all of these completely nice people. Oh my god, I'll triple my savings. I've also been carrying out a com- correspondence with that nice Mr. Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he has some interesting ideas about the federal government. God damn it. Well, so Doug starts thinking, he's like, because uh, he starts thinking about whether or not he should keep it, right? Whether or not it is the right thing to do to keep this money. Uh and Porkchop is like, oh, hell yeah, you got to keep this dude. Like, Porkchop is, like, nodding at him. Like, come on. First extremely weird moment in the episode, because since when is Porkchop <laughs> the voice of, hell yeah, money? True. Yeah, Porkchop is usually the moral compass, right? Yeah, everyone in this episode, save for his mom, is like, Doug, you're a moron. Why would you ever <laughs> turn that in? <laughs> yeah. They're not, not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Doug imagines a girl in a patched, uh, like a patched red riding hood outfit crying. Little match girl outfit. Yeah, just like crying in the snow uh, with her little dog and crying about how she's losing her savings. It's Blue BB. She looks like Blue BB. <laughs> uh-huh. 
And then Porkchop comes into the fan. I don't. This is the first Pork time Chop this has ever pops happened. The previous fantasy with a needle. Yeah, this is a psionic attack. <laughs> this is probably Porkchop actually stabbing Doug with a needle in order to change his brainwaves. Behold the Gom Jabbar, Douglas. <laughs> So he pops the fantasy, like the little dream bubble, and he changes it into, now the little girl is a fairy godmother with a fairy god dog, and they are leaving the money in a puddle specifically for Doug. <laughs> little Bobo, for some lucky little boy and his dog, will stumble upon this fortune and live happily and richly ever after. <laughs> It's probably that one, Doug. Makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah. That is a much more average Doug plot of like, oh, yeah, this was for <laughs> you all the time, right? Like, I'm surprised that the end of this episode isn't that like someone was like, oh, yeah, I left that for you as a morality test to see if you were good, Doug. <laughs> right? This is a very extended nonsensical prank by Roger. Or like by his parents to be like, oh, you deserve a party because you're a good boy. <laughs> it's been six years since you moved to Bluffington. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of parties for Doug because he's a good boy, keep that in your head. We'll be going back to that well. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Doug decides that the right thing to do is to take it to the police station. Loser. <laughs> I'm going to present this cash to the police and they will definitely not just immediately pocket it. Right, without telling them my name or how to contact me or saying any circumstances of how I found this money, I'm just going to give it to the cops. If it's right outside the bank... Wouldn't you just take it back into the bank? Wouldn't the bank remember? <laughs> oh, shit. Like, wouldn't the bank remember if they gave somebody $14,000? <laughs> yes, that's a very good point. Would, wouldn't the bank? And, yeah, they would definitely know. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, yeah, we know who that is. <laughs> we have the transaction record right here. Yeah, maybe oh, Doug is shit. just fishing for t a, a justification to keep this money. I mean, he definitely is. <laughs> I need to look this up because I want to say that that's damn close to the transaction limit for a bank. Like, oh you, shit! Like, if you throw more money than that around at once, like they've got to keep track of that. Like, they have to inform the federal government. Hey, one person's shuffling this. That's probably why it's like such a strange number is that it's directly below the transaction limit because she was going to buy drugs or otherwise illegal things, right? Yeah. <laughs> or make a preacher slightly richer. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Well, so Doug goes into the police station and we see cops in here that we have seen before. We see both of the two cops that came to Doug's house uh, in order to investigate his missing bike. But also notably, we see Fitz prison here. We see the cop who is the Bluff's private security guard. And we've asked ourselves, is he a member of the police force? And it turns out he is. <laughs> That or he's just hanging around the station because he's bored and has nothing better to do. No, he's in a uniform and he's in he's in the same uniform as all the other cops and he's there both times that Doug goes to the cops. So he is a member, like, not only is he a member of the Bluffs private security, he's a member of the actual police of the town. So he is owned by the Bluffs, like straight up, right? Yep. Yes, this is confirmation. God. This is not our, this is not our like, 
a pulling pulling nothing something out of nothing. We've been right. We this usually whole time. do in this podcast. No, yeah. we've been right this right. whole time. We're always right, and this is confirmation. <laughs> well, so the cop that Doug approaches, the one who is behind like the check-in station, is amazed that Doug actually brought him some cash that he found. This is a lot of dough, kid. Let me get this straight. You found cold, hard cash, and you brought it here? Yes, sir. Hey, guys, get a load of this. Kid finds some cash and actually turns it in. None of the other cops even look at Doug. They just stare at the guy waving the money and are like, I don't believe it. (laughs) Yeah, if this was an actual police station, the cops would be like, oh, yeah, we know who who money that belongs to. And then they put it in their pockets. Right. They're like, oh, we found him. (laughs) We'll call him right now. Thanks very much, little boy. God. (laughs) Well, instead, Doug imagines that the cop who runs the check-in station is putting him on a sideshow uh, of like a carnival along as as Doug the amazing honest boy alongside Otis the frog boy and volcano girl dumbass the moron boy right yeah look at this idiot bringing money <laughs> look that's a very reputable organization and no I've never gone by Otis how dare you <laughs> of course volcano girl was underrated <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, and there's like a, in this fantasy, like there's a bunch of Victorian people just laughing at Doug. I mean, same. (laughs) Right. Well, Doug goes to school the next day and he tells all the kids at school at the lunch table. He tells, but notably not Patty. Patty is not at the table. You don't have to do that, man. (laughs) (laughs) Look up. A, A thing has happened to me recently. Therefore, I have to tell everybody about it. And so Roger stands up and calls him a weirdo. This is the first time we've seen Roger in quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. At least it's the first time he's had an extended role in, like, season four, period. Yeah, definitely. Usually they've kind of, like, cut him down a little bit as, like, maybe he's there, but he's not having, like, an active part of the antagonism, right? Yeah, like, this is, Roger is there to serve as the voice of immorality, and they haven't really needed a voice of immorality for a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, he calls Doug a weirdo and says that no one would have turned it, no one else would have done that thing. And then everyone else, like, also at the table agrees and stands up, except for Skeeter. And he says that, sure, Doug is a weirdo, but being a weirdo is great. So I think this is still like that, that you know, duality of Roger and Skeeter after their, their personality split of, like, Roger's like, oh, you're a fucking weirdo. Weirdos suck. And Skeeter is like, yeah, weirdos, weirdos are cool. And that's like Roger saying that his former half was, yeah. like, mm-hmm. shitty, right? Yeah. I mm-hmm. also would like to appreciate this moment for being, as uh, Skeeter says, yeah, you're a weirdo, but what's wrong with being a weirdo is he sticks a straws in his nose, and Doug just sighs and goes, oh, great. Like, just right. reestablishing that Doug <laughs> finds... Yeah, that, I'd like to reestablish, I despise my friend. <laughs> Echoes of the big bong theory here. Yes. I was certain that he was then going to, like eat food with his nose or something through the straws and just be like, and then just like choke on it and be like, oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) Yeah, and then everyone gets brought to the hospital and they're like, boy, what a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, then we cut to Doug telling his family about the uh, the fact that he turned in the money. I just thought it was the right thing to do. <laughs> right and wrong, such bourgeois concepts. It was your destiny to find that money. Okay, the destiny bit is whatever, that's Jim Jenkins being contemptuous of uh, basically anybody who's slightly more liberal than him. But I do appreciate the wink at the idea of bourgeois morality, which is kind of an interesting <laughs> subject. To dumb it down to the point that, again, I will be shot by the Revolutionary People's Tribunal, there is a type of morality that you only really get in the middle class because the lower classes recognize, no, that's fucking stupid, and the upper classes recognize, no, that's fucking stupid. And a lot of it is to do with something like this. If somebody who has medical bills that need to be paid or else family members are going to fucking die stumbles across $14,000... Yoink! If somebody who has an awful lot of money and has a business that, eh, that $14,000 could be $30,000 if I have it to reinvest. Yoink! <laughs> it is only in the weird little middle tract of people that you get uh, people talking about how, no, really, but is that the right and moral thing to do? Where both people below and above them say, Fuck off. Who are you trying to fool? It's money. Take the fucking money. Huh. Interesting. So this is an actual, like, this isn't just a joke of here are some words that sound fancy that Judy would say. Oh, it this is. This is an completely. actual. Oh. <laughs> it's completely what's going on, but the words that he's having her say out of his vague contempt for anybody who believes something he doesn't are actually being applied sort of right in this case. Wow, what do you know? That's pretty wild. The bit about destiny is stupid horse shit that's based on oh-ha-ha-ha ha, ha, fucking artists and their weird beliefs about things that aren't God in his almighty power has predestined all things. Huh. Well, I, but those are two different things, though, right? Like, the predestined all things is different from the bourgeois line, right? They're oh, yeah, totally those are two concepts. different things. And also the fact that Jim Jenkins is kind of down with a interesting variation of american religious dogma that holds hell yeah predestination is cool but destiny that's some woo woo liberal bullshit <laughs> as you said that i just started thinking hoop, hoop dogma <laughs> yep hoop dog oh, no. could make you very clear that while predestination is cool and good anybody talking about fate is clearly full of it and probably going to hell Sorry, dear reader. We were just doing a lot of research about uh, other shows that these that Jenkins and this and Campbell have made, uh, and one of them being Hoop Dogs, a show about dogs learning about the Ten Commandments. It's really <laughs> bad. It's really fucking bad. Wow, it looks good. <laughs> looks pretty good. They tried as hard as they could, circa like 2005, to make something that would be cool for kids and also about the Ten Commandments. <laughs> it's got early 2000 CGI. It's really fucking bad. It's awesome. There's some fat, dumpy white guys taking, like, doing a rock band thing to be the soundtrack. I'm pretty sure at least one of them is Jenkins. I love it so much. Anyway, so... 
We see that they're eating dinner at the table, Doug and family, and uh, dinner is like a meat roll with orange sauce on it and a pile of pink slime with macaroni coming out of it and just a giant bottle of wine. <laughs> My favorite. Yeah, yes. yeah. Get me, pass me more pink slime, please. Yes. Well, Mom it says that Doug did the right thing, and she's proud of him. The only character that has this opinion, other than, I guess, Judy at the end. And I guess the lady herself <laughs> who has the money. <laughs> but Dad is just like, yeah, but uh, how much was it? <laughs> I got a laugh out of me. Yeah, yeah. he gets punched by Mom. I'm just saying, Doug, I recently have been reminded that money actually does help a lot. Like, right, you know yeah, his- $14,000, if you'd... Given that to me, I could still be trying to live my dreams instead of being stuck working for fucking Walmart. Yeah, that's true. The family photo could have been a reality. Oh, she man. should have invested it and then doubled his money and then gave half of it to the lady. Oh, yeah, like a year big, later. Big bus- <laughs> yeah, big business brain. <laughs> like a year later, been like, hey, I found this money. <laughs> Art of the deal, baby. God. Oh, no. Well, then Doug goes into the fantasy zone, and he imagines having a mansion in, like, Hawaii with a bunch of babes that dance for him, and he's in a white suit with Roger, who is also in a white suit, but Doug is tall and cool, and Roger is short and stout and grinning like a maniac. And then Roger yells out, Yeah, this one's a reference. Oh, yeah. Jim, you did the research. You go into it. All right. So the reason we all paid attention to this is because there is the image of Roger as a short person, which is truly astonishing. And having done the research, this is based off the 80s show Fantasy Island, which was evidently popular as all hell and featured both uh, a guy who was God question mark offering a <laughs> Doug. bunch of, a bunch of people the chance to live out all of their most perfect fantasies with all of the dumb horny slash violent stuff that might imply also the uh, guy shouting de plane de plane was a her villages who was insistent that w- the term for what he was was a midget It's not the generally accepted nomenclature, but he demanded that was what he was called. And evidently he was the assistant to God on the island, where he played (laughs) God's assistant, Tattoo, who was in charge of shouting, Deplane, Deplane, and then welcoming people to Fantasy Island. Yeah, I only know that this was a reference to something because my dad would sometimes yell D-plane and I had no idea what he was talking about. Yeah, I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. Can he explain it to you? No, and I don't know if he knew what he was referencing. (laughs) Also, evidently, they're coming out with a new miniseries about it this fucking year, 2021. Oh, yeah. So Time for the Doug remake. <laughs> I can't wait to see how they've done Tattoo in 2021. I anticipate it being good and cool. You know it's going to be a guy with a bunch of tattoos, right? I would that's- hope so. That's the least <laughs> awful way they could do it. But that, like, that's what they're going to do. They're going to be like, what if we do it as, as a joke? They could make it rock the Dwayne Johnson. Rock the Dwayne oh. Johnson just shouting, the plane, the plane. What the fuck yes. voice is that? 
Uh, I don't know. It sounded good though. It sounds it's like the rock. The rock. Yeah, that's, that's the what rock. the rock sounds like now. <laughs> say, uh, say, the rock's coming for you, brother, to Hall WrestleMania. <laughs> the rock is the name of the crop. <laughs> the rock is coming for the plane. I, I'm sorry. There's too many levels here. Hall Hogan. <laughs> the bit is spiraling out of control. This fantasy has spiraled beyond our capacity to contain it. <laughs> yes. God. I must think of hoop dogs now to center myself. Indeed, indeed. Well, so it, it appears that cool God Doug has invited his family as well as Patty and Skeeter to Funny Island, where all your fantasies come true. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And Patty comes up to Doug and says, Oh, Doug, you're my fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. Oh, <laughs> Also, minor point of trivia on Fantasy Island. Evidently, the show itself was based off of the producers had a bunch of other shows they were trying to get sold to the network and all their ideas got shot down and the guy frustrated says what do you want the show about an island where people can go and have all their sexual fantasies come true and the network bigwigs getting back to him with yes actually make that show for us immediately <laughs> uh, and that producer's name was jeffrey Epstein. oh there he is shocked, quite frankly oh my god <laughs> he does have an island he does have just, he does have deep plane <laughs> i was just i was just laughing about like them landing on the island and them going the biggest building here just says dungeon <laughs> 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 so Doug says that he somehow forgot about the money <laughs> and apparently it's been a month now apparently we're flash forwarding an entire 30 days now right or one quarter of an hour yes of course so we flash forward this time so where Doug says he forgot about it until he gets called into the police station everybody else forgets about it too just the plot dictates that no we just <laughs> skip Everybody forgets about this giant fucking pile of cash that Doug has. And the cops say that they called him in and he shows up and the cop like starts to yell at him when Doug is like, yeah, I'm that weirdo that from that one time. The cop fucking yells at him, blows a whistle. You're the one then, talking about making an island, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> And then all the other cops jump out from behind the desk and yell, congratulations. What's your story, kid? Well, you called me to come down, remember? I'm the weirdo who turned in the cold, hard cash. Oh, it's you. Wait right there. Don't move. Congratulations. This is a thing that has ever happened anywhere ever. I guess. I mean, we know these cops aren't that busy because they have time to immediately respond to Doug calling them. Yeah, they're setting up at Doug's birthday party. Here. <laughs> yeah, his parents rented out the police station <laughs> instead of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to pretend to be in the jail cell? Ooh, me. There's people in the jail still. <laughs> right. And Phil is, like, taking pictures of Doug with this guy who's, like, smoking and, like, tr about to stab Doug. We don't see any criminals, right? It's just the cops standing around. No, yep, it's just the cops hanging out. Got it. Oh, man. 
Well, they say that it's been 30 days and no one has claimed the money. So congratulations, Doug. You're rich now. Hi. Doug gets popping off and he jumps out the door and he's so amped that he's rich. Uh, yay? He did it. <laughs> you did it, Doug. You waited. This is dubious legality, but he did it. You waited 30 days and forgot about something, and now you're rich. That's right. This is this is actually just like how investing in Bitcoin actually worked. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you buy cocaine 11 years ago, now you're a millionaire. Yep. Well, Doug slams into Roger while he's dancing around and says and saying that he's rich. And he just shows Roger and his bullies all this money. Joey Cucamonga! Can I help you up, Mr. Funny? Hey guys, did, did you see the load of Mizuma Funny has? The entire fucking town, apparently, crowds around Doug and follows him around and treat him with big respect. Isn't this when Roger says Joey Cucamonga and Mazuma? I don't know. I didn't write I that part down. I think this is. <laughs> I don't, How I could you not? Because I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I don't think Joey Cucamonga means anything. Mazuma means money. That much I know. Why Joey? Is this a real person? I don't fucking know. It's some random gibberish that Roger says. It might be something from the 50s. Who's to say? It's, it's probably something in the fifties. Yeah, I know Mizuma's from the fifties. Or I, I've uh, Joey Kukumanga is just I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's the one who invented the Mizuma, <laughs> and was the one who invented Fantasy Island. Yeah, I just found it. Yeah, this is his, those words are his reaction to Doug having the money in the first place. That's the first thing he says is Joey Kukumanga. Okay. So maybe that was the inventor of money. <laughs> yeah, that's who did Maybe Old it, Joey. it was George Washington, Cucamonga. <laughs> that oh, man's man. name was Albert Einstein. Right, George Washington, Albert Einstein, Cucamonga, who invented money in the Roman Empire. <laughs> and it is thanks to that man who wrote the Constitution that we enjoy these freedoms today. Oh, yeah. No more questions. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, so they pass out the front of a bunch of stores, and all the storefront people are out there complimenting Doug. Who thinks it's rich people like this happens when you're rich? <laughs> <laughs> this is like a child's idea. I what? mean... It is this one, this one, this episode absolutely 1000% did not happen. Oh, I yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. This, this one is Doug being happen. like, look how good I am, guys. I am, I am like Jesus. What? <laughs> yeah, he's reading the Bible and he's going, I'd do that too. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> he's drawing, he's drawing Bible fan fiction comics, except instead of Jesus, it's Quail Man. If I were Jesus, Judas wouldn't betray me. <laughs> He'd actually throw me a special party. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the Last Supper was planned by Judas for my one-year anniversary of living in Jerusalem. <laughs> God just strikes him down. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
Well, there's all Doug also passes by a store that is titled the Ooh <laughs> with an exclamation point on it. It's where we get all of our exclamations. Yes. And Doug says that suddenly he didn't feel like a weirdo anymore. He felt rich. <laughs> I mean, he still did the loser thing of turning into the cop. Yeah, yeah he's still a fucking weirdo in general. So, so there's you know. a weird thing here where they start trying in on a moral about how, you know, you should be afraid that money might change you as a person. But also, again, they don't go anywhere with it. Right, nope. they just turned Doug into a big asshole again, which is how Doug always is. Yeah, there's, no like, the idea that, oh no, with money, Doug suddenly acting like a real self-centered piece of shit. Oh, yeah, big change. Yeah, he says that honesty, he's like talking to Porkchop, and he says that, hey, Porkchop, honesty is the best policy. And then he starts to count the money. And Porkchop is just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, Porkchop yeah. is rolling his eyes and finding this very offense when he's the one who was talking about how, no, you, the money was given to you by God in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Like, Porkchop is completely incoherent because now they've hit on, we're going for a different moral this time. Uh-huh, yeah, Porkchop completely changes his tone. Uh, and this is where we find out that it is over $14,447. And Doug also says a very poignant line here. I guess nice guys can finish first after all. Porkchop is just shaking his head. He's like, nah, dude, don't say that. <laughs> Stop calling yourself a nice guy. It's a red flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor job just like whips a fedora on the dog's head. Uh, That's the first thing Bandits. he buys is a fedora. That's his uh, new lucky hat. Yeah. It's just the Jack Bandit Oh, God. Well, it's right at this moment that Doug finishes counting that Porkchop turns on the TV and turns on the news and sees that an old, the same old lady that Doug saw at the bank is now being interviewed by the news about how 30 days ago she lost <laughs> all this money. <laughs> In retrospect, I should have realized that before now. Should have realized that 30 I'm days so clumsy. ago. Like, like she clearly didn't need the money, right? If she yeah, didn't... if she if she is pulling almost fifteen thousand dollars in cash and then forgets about <laughs> it for a month, that's not a concern, man. Just just take the money and run, Doug. And also, I like that she didn't go to the police. <laughs> Who had didn't go the back money. to the bank? She didn't go back to the bank. She didn't go to the police. She didn't uh, go to the news earlier. Like, how did the news find her? Right? Were they just yeah, trolling exactly. for? Were they just trolling for content because it was totally a really in thing? Doug's imagination? It's this gotta be totally one thousand percent Doug patting himself on the back for something that he's, he thought of. <laughs> and like nobody, nobody. At the police station is watching the news to see this. <laughs> like the cops would show up at Doug's door and be like, "Cough it up, Mister." <laughs> They'd be like, "And also, you're under arrest because you stole it." Actually, <laughs> we didn't give that back to you. That would have been irresponsible. You're under arrest, Mister. <laughs> Doug's already spent it on a hotel at Atlantic City <laughs> and a fedora. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's lost fifteen thousand dollars already. <laughs> That's what uh, to- sort of off topic, but there is a 
pro wrestler called Nick Gage that like went to jail for robbing a bank and like when he before he turned himself in he went to Atlantic City and spent like half the money <laughs> oh, damn <laughs> hashtag squad goals incredible <laughs> Nick Gage rocks <laughs> yeah I props I guess oh man well uh so so Doug sees this and he freaks out over the morality of it all even though clearly she didn't own this or need this money uh and so he he gets like sick in bed and poor chop is tending to him and he says he didn't realize that it belonged to a little old lady which makes me wonder if it belonged to just like you know, some dude, would he be Would he be this pissed if it wasn't a little old lady? Hi, welcome back to bourgeois morality. It's raising its head again. You see, oh, true. you stole the money from somebody who's good, who deserves to have the money. If you'd stolen the money from somebody who you don't have sympathy for, your conscience could be clean. Because what matters is the moral worth of the person who you've inconvenienced. Oh, if, geez. for example... Somebody who was still needed the money to survive, but also, you know, they had some bad habits. Maybe they didn't agree with you politically. Maybe they, per Mr. Bluff of a couple episodes ago, maybe if you just don't like the type of person they are, then you're clear to keep it. But because this is one of the good kind of people, imagine every one of those words was capitalized, Yes. It is immoral to steal from them. Only them, though. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And also, like, this lady has a nice car. We've seen a bunch of shots of her in front of her car. Like, it's like a fucking, like, old-timey sports car, right? And she lives in a retirement home, too. She lives yeah. in a retirement home and has a car, which, okay, back during the 90s, they really didn't care if old people could murder you on the streets. But also just the weirdness of this person is worthy, therefore you should feel bad. Uh-huh. Like, but he, how does he know she's worthy? Like, it's just because she's an old lady. She's a nice little old lady who has enough money to have a car, and therefore she's from a higher social strata than Doug is. Oh, it would God. be wrong to violate the hierarchy. Do you think that uh, Doug would have turned the money back in if it was Mr. Bluff's money? Yes, absolutely. Not a chance yes. in hell. Not a chance in hell he wouldn't have. Like Fair. because Mr. Yeah. Bluff is the definition of worth as far as he's concerned. If it was actually Roger's money, he'd have kept it. Right, and I guess that's true because also Mr. Bluff would have had him assassinated. <laughs> yes, also that. <laughs> Alright, well, so, as, as Doug is, like, freaking out about this, Judy breaks into his room. Oh, Dougie, this is wonderful. Huh? Your dilemma is just like something out of Shakespeare. No, it isn't. And then Doug goes, not him again, which is a great line. <laughs> yes, not this old trope that we force into every Doug episode. Yeah. Like, there's nothing like this in Shakespeare. The closest thing is Merchant of Venice, and that's the weird anti-Semitic one. <laughs> is there anything that's like, oh, should I, shouldn't I in general? Because she does do, like, the to keep or to weep, like, to be or not to it's be. Like, yeah, it's like, because <laughs> it almost sounds like to be or not to be. Uh -huh. yeah, but generally, it's there. fight or don't fight or switch sides or don't switch sides, like. 
should I pay money or shouldn't I wasn't used by Shakespeare because Shakespeare wasn't a moron and understood that most <laughs> of the people watching would not know or care about that. Personally, I think Shakespeare didn't exist. <laughs> okay. Well, according to Mrs. Stinton, he was a big pervert, so you should you should like uh, him. He didn't exist, and he was also a big pervert. That's right. Yes. Yeah. That sounds like those two uh, statements about a person can coexist. Yes. <laughs> Oh, well, so Doug says that he's going to keep it because he's guilt-free. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, Doug. And for some reason at this point, Porkchop doesn't like that even. All right. Whatever. (laughs) The dog just wants to be uh, uh, contentious. I think so, too. Porkchop is just causing Doug problems after. It still has been not that long in dog years since the entire weird arc of Doug going to dog snuff films. Yes, that's true. That's true. He doesn't forgive him for that. Porkchop just got out of the prison from Brawl and Cell Block. He's probably not feeling great. Right. That poor well, that happened. All, no, he spent all the time in the most dangerous pound cell, and he his time on the inside has changed him. Right, maybe mm. that happened during the third, maybe Christmas happened over the 30 days between these two parts of the episode. <laughs> Man, it would have been really useful if we'd had this money leading up to Christmas, Doug. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, you could have paid my bail. <laughs> you could have afforded a lawyer instead of self-representing in front of the whole damn town as yeah, a nine-year-old. That's, that's gotta be why he's so pissed now, is because he didn't spend the money to save him. <laughs> God. Well, uh, Doug imagines, goes into the fantasy zone again, and imagines that uh, Frank's bank is now foreclosing on the lady, even though they were the ones that gave her the money in the first place. Uh, Mm. Frank's bank is foreclosing on her and taking all of the stuff out of her house and also all of her clothes and leaving her in a barrel naked. And also her little dog is also in a little barrel and it's very cute. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like a nice ass house and it's definitely worth more than $14,000. It's also not where she lives. She lives in an apartment complex. Right. And Doug knows that. Doug knows where she lives. Yeah. This is one of the parts where it's very clear this episode went through a lot of heated revisions because this is... All right, we have the moment of sympathy complete with gag, but also then we are going to immediately turn around and establish, no, this none of this was real. The writers are just at each other's throats about stuff like, should, should the amusement park be called Funky Town or Funky Land? <laughs> just fucking like, hate. I am in a, 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 a bad work environment because they won't <laughs> let me call it Funky Land. <laughs> We don't have the rights to the music of Funky Town. Some jerk <laughs> keeps on calling me Camp Bell. It's clearly Campbell. <laughs> this is bullshit. Doug is going to do what we want him to do, and we're taking the writing credits. God. <laughs> I can't work in these conditions. I want to do a thing about dogs who love Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and also basketball. <laughs> But hang on, maybe this actually does happen because maybe she didn't live in the 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 retirement home thirty days ago. Maybe she actually did get foreclosed on thirty days ago. Sorry, you lost your house, ma'am. Anyway, are we even now? Yeah. 
Oh, don't worry. I just went to the bank and they gave me another $14,000. Right. <laughs> it's the 90s, Doug. This is how this works right now. I have millions more in there, dude. <laughs> I was just I was just going to use it to snort cocaine out of. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so he... he, he he, in this fantasy even, she's like, But I know the money's here someplace. I just know it is. I swan I'd lose my head if it wasn't bolted to my neck. Sorry, ma'am. Had to take the bolts, too. A stunning condemnation of the heartlessness of American finance. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Best episode yeah. yet. They they set this joke up too. They do. I'm so proud of them. They've used this line like they've they've done three beats of it, and then on the third one they do a joke with it. Right? Yeah, this is uh, like as long God as you, damn. as long as you ignore everything that happened between the opening scene and now, this part works. Well, Doug wakes up and immediately starts to storm down the streets. Like, what what time is it now? It's like the middle of the night. Is it fresh in the morning? Because it's immediately when he wakes up. I don't know, but he wakes up and he storms down the street and he's holding the money in his hand as a bunch of people follow him. Just hit him and take the money, Roger. (laughs) (laughs) Well, instead, Roger or Doug fucking punches Roger in the chest and shoves him out the way. Out of my way, Roger. (laughs) He's gone eccentric. Which is this like a is this like a rich person dig that like all rich people are assholes, but it's okay because yeah, this is a the phrase the eccentric millionaire. Yeah, right. That's what's from. Yeah. It's also just a uh, like it feels like this is an echo of there was a version of this where the episode was about how money makes Doug an asshole, and this is the last vestige of that. But that particular little mini arc just farts out and dies. Maybe this is all like okay, so we know. This is the one episode that Jenkins is credited to, right? And maybe it's like Jenkins is like, hey, I have a bunch of money now, but I've given it back to the community. I've donated a bunch of stuff. I'm still good, right? It hasn't corrupted me. And, and that's, so maybe that's why they changed the ending, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's also a certain degree. Yeah, I think I can see that one. And Roger still having just a little snipe that's left over from, no, we can't have the moral that... You'd need to give your money away to be a good person, because like fucking hell is Jenkins going to do that? He's got bills to pay. <laughs> he probably has given a bunch back to the community, I've guessed. He's, he also he's... then goes on and makes a vanity studio to make a series of cartoons about dogs that love basketball <laughs> and Christ the Lord. The best <laughs> cartoons that have ever been put to tv what if space jam was christ jam (laughs) and it starred dogs Uh, and also michael jordan (laughs) oh well so they doug somehow fucking knows this lady's address uh and is and both yeah like we're saying is therefore not have but not having been foreclosed on and also he knows her right like he could have gone to her a while ago and been like, here's your money, it's probably yours, but whatever. She lives in, like, a retirement home, and he goes up and rings the doorbell. And she, and she answers smiling, which means she's clearly not that distraught anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, dearie, I just had to dip into my slush fund a little bit. I'm currently higher than balls. 
Yeah. I have seen the face of God, and God is a pink dog of some variety. Hey, hey, hey kid, you want some Coke? <laughs> His name is VJ Humpamumps. Oh, my God. Well, everyone in the back, there's a bunch of kids just standing behind Doug, and the lady doesn't even notice them. Everyone fucking gasps as Doug hands over all the money. And she says, God, how can I ever repay you? How about with money? That's the joke, because Roger's like, oh, yeah, she's going to give him some money and or some drugs. (laughs) 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 But instead, she hands him some spearmint gum from her her purse. Doug, what do you know about cartels? The $14,000 pack of gum. Uh-huh. It's just like that joke from Home Alone where when he wants, the butler wants a tip and Kevin gives him the gum. Yeah. Again, nice. Jokes. <laughs> jokes. It's, it's probably a reference to that now that I think of it. Um, yeah. Featuring our president, Donald J. Trump. Yep. Oh, yeah, that was Home Alone 2. You're right. Yes. Oh, man. Well, she says that she'll never forget him, even though she never asks his name, and he doesn't ask her name either. (laughs) And she's also in her retirement home, so she's probably actively losing her memory and thinks he's her grandson. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, and she's about to mail it out to that that, uh, evangelist who's scamming her. (laughs) She's about to mail it out to the Trump re-election. Actually, wait, no, it's 93. She's about to mail it out to the Ross Perot re-election campaign. (laughs) Ross Perot definitely won the election. She's about to, uh, d- like, invest in all those, like, weird Trump early business ideas. <laughs> God. She's the co-founder of Trump Stakes. Right, exactly. XFL, how can I lose? <laughs> Everybody likes football. Oh, my God. Everybody, I love the sharper image. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zadok so says that he doesn't care if he's a weirdo and stomps away from everybody. You clearly do, Doug. That's what, like, fucking every episode of Doug has been about, is that he's been nervous that people will think he's a weirdo, right? Literally like, the uh-huh. first fantasy you had in this TV show was your being <laughs> terrified that everyone else would think you are, and I quote, a goofus. <laughs> right? So maybe this, okay, we need to keep this in mind for future episodes. Maybe there's character growth. Maybe future episodes, he's never worried about what people think of him ever again. No, that's, I guarantee you the next episode is going to have him terrified of what people think about him. Definitely. But like, I hear I'm holding out a little bit of hope. Maybe, maybe. We're almost to the Disney episode, so I'm going to say absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, I agree with you. I'm just trying to be optimistic. (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. Look, when we go to Fantasy Island and you meet God (laughs) and his assistant, you can say, (laughs) I want a fantasy where there's character growth in the 90s cartoon show Doug and Rock the Dwayne Johnson immediately throws you <laughs> off the island and drowns you. Yeah, that's definitely not what I'm wasting my fantasy time on. <laughs> it turns out this is actually my fantasy. It's an extremely obtuse gag, only funny to me. That's why you've been agree- you agreed to do this podcast in the first place. You were like, I bet somewhere in here he'll have character growth. Oh no, boss, the bit, the bit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, Judy somehow pulls up right next to him. I guess she's been watching this whole time. I'm taking on the role of God for this episode, Doug. 
Yeah. Which is weird because earlier I was an object of fun because I thought that, ha ha, you should have taken the money, dipshit. But we rewrote right. this episode a lot. Yeah, like, you're, or just like how Porkchop flips sides, Judy also has flip sides now. And she pulls up and she, in like a totally different tone of voice, she's like in like a soft tone of voice here. Yeah, it sounds, her voice acting is fucked up. Yeah. And suddenly I'm your mom. She sounds like soft and sensual when she says this stuff. <laughs> Never say those words ever again, my God. I like them. I don't. <laughs> anyway. I like being soft and sensual. Yeah, well, Judy soft does and too. Soft sensual, pure and virtuous. I saw what you did, so I guess you think I'm a big giant weirdo too, right? Hop in. Let's go to the Honker Burger for a shake. Well, I'd love to, Judy, but I'm broke. My treat. Come on. You earned it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That makes up for the $14,000. Well, that's what Doug says. <laughs> Judy also says uh, about the money earlier that it's more money than you'll probably ever have for the rest of your life, which is very prescient. <laughs> yeah, it's true, yeah. <laughs> well, Doug, as they drive off, Doug says, You know, sometimes it can cost a lot to do the right thing. Today, it cost me $14,447. But you know what, Journal? Getting a free shake out of Judy almost makes the whole thing worth it. No, it doesn't. Nice, dude. No, no, like this feels real bad at the end. It feels very <laughs> unearned and weird. Especially because we probably never see this lady again for the entirety of the rest of Doug, right? Nope, nope. absolutely like, not. Like, she vaguely looks like Mrs. Stinton. What if it was Mrs. Stinton? <laughs> he loaned me 20 bucks, which I then turned around and made into $14,000 through a very oh exploitative empire. Right. God. Well, that's the end of the episode. What? Like, okay, what? A, there's a couple of questions on this. A, what do we think the actual moral is? And then B, where do we think the split was where they did a big edit of the episode? Like, the, 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 the point where they were like, no, 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 we got to change this ending now. So the actual moral is, like, it's on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> we know that's wrong, though. Yeah, like, I think the moral here is you are a weirdo if you return money to people instead of stealing it but sometimes being a weirdo is good which is a weird fucking moral but it's there i mean is it still just that same old tried and true moral of you gotta be honest and give people their stuff back i mean i think it's just uh sometimes it costs money to do the right thing yeah literally what does that yeah Wow, he actually says the moral. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, and they actually, I think they, the biggest edit was to the last two scenes because they definitely did the fantasy of, oh no, the lady is homeless now because you took her money. That works in any version of this, but Doug marching up to her house to give her the money and then Judy inexplicably playing the voice of... Like, carrying him off over the horizon to Honkerburger <laughs> yeah. heaven for his good deeds. To the ball pit of Honkerburger. Yes. Behold, this shall be your reward in heaven, my son. We will permit you to play in the ball pit. <laughs> What's your greatest fantasy? To play in the ball pit of the Honkerburger. Ball pit, ball pit, ball pit. God just turns to his little assistant and shrugs like, this was 
look, uh, we charged you $14,000 to come to this <laughs> island. You really couldn't come up with anything better than that? Spearmint gum and ball pit. Uh, make it happen, Tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the edit's gotta be in that last scene when he walks up and like, and she doesn't give him a monetary reward, right? Yeah. And then probably the 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 part when Roger is like, oh yeah, she's definitely gonna give him some money. That's like a dig at the other writers. Yeah, that feels like <laughs> a really snippy attack. Yeah. But also oh, considering man. the other one of oh, he's so eccentric, was absolutely a snippy attack at Jenkins. So there's a, there's some crossfire going on here. Two different pans have guns inside Roger's mouth firing in different directions. <laughs> yes. Roger, once again, like the Greek chorus to tell us what the audience should be thinking. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. His mouth cannon and eye lasers firing in different directions. Indeed. It's very beautiful. Nature is wonderful. All right, well, let's call this one here. Thanks for joining us, everyone, on another episode of The Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.